once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a beat the best trick Solomon is probably one of the best examples of someone needing to take his own advice yes he was human but he was wise wise in a way that we can be also God freely provides us the wisdom we need to properly handle life lead and impact others Welcome to the Wisdom in All Things podcast. On this episode, talking about choosing faith over fear. Because really, what is there to fear? Part of this quote may be familiar to you from Franklin D. Roosevelt. It says, so first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror that paralyzes needed efforts to convert, retreat into advance. It may go without saying, but With this particular topic, I'm sensing the need to remind myself that wisdom is a way of handling life, not avoiding it. We can't become so wise that we are able to avoid all the scary parts of life. Wisdom is the means by which we navigate what God decides to allow and intends to use in our lives for our good and His glory. And that includes fear. While being wise, er, will no doubt help us avoid a number of pitfalls and keep us from otherwise being foolish. Fear actually plays a part in helping us avoid those things in life that are dangerous and should be avoided. Wisdom recognizes that there are legitimate things we should fear, but we are not to, as FDR challenges us, fear the nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes. This is from Robert Hampshire. He's a pastor of worship and discipleship at Chira First Baptist Church. And he says, Having faith in God's provision or protection does not mean it eliminates our fear, nor is it a blind acceptance of something you have not thought about or know about. That is blindful ignorance. It is not saying that you believe something that you're not actually acting on. That is hypocrisy. And faith over fear is not making decisions without any doubts or concerns of the outcomes, because that is carelessness and foolishness. Instead, we are to courageously step through fear itself to convert retreat into advance. In one sense, fear can be empowering, for without it, there would be no courage. I was reminded of this while watching Chris Pratt's new Amazon series, The Terminal List. So to not give too much away, I'll describe it this way. He's a Navy SEAL returning home from a botched mission, extremely motivated, read Raging Revenge, to hold accountable everyone responsible for having anything to do with what happened to him, his team, and his family. In the midst of this now new mission, we are shown scenes of what he and his team experienced during that last fatal encounter together, where the terror they faced would have paralyzed anyone else. We see the very definition of courage. FDR says, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Fear begs an answer to penetrating questions like, what have you got? How badly do you want it? And Is this really worth it? Because it's unavoidable and and can paralyze us if not confronted, fear has to be faced. So how do we counteract the effect of fear to render us immovable? It's with faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We need only consider really two words in Hebrews 11.1 to put to rest the idea that faith is, is a leap into the unknown just because it feels right. The words assurance and conviction mean that faith is our being convinced based on evidence. In other words, we can be confident because there is reason to be confident, not because we just feel like we should be. To paraphrase uh, Greg Kokel and his team at Stand to Reason, a great website, apologetics, highly recommended. 
S-T-R.org. They define biblical faith as trust in God based on knowledge rooted in evidence. That's my paraphrase. So how do we develop faith over fear? As we look at developing that, Standard Reason's, uh, I think, concise description is a good place to start. They provide three principles we should understand more fully and, and maybe foundationally. First, trust in God. Our conviction demands action, and that means putting our trust in God. That requires that we're not mostly on board, but are fully committed to and invested in God. And when it comes to the unknown, as Randy Alcorn describes, we're to trust in the authority and credibility of the one who promised. That's God. Secondly, it's based on knowledge. We have an understanding, not just a list of facts, a knowledge of the why that convinces us to make this commitment. It would not be the case except for the understanding we have of this evidence. And lastly, rooted in evidence, our knowledge and understanding are based on facts, information that can actually be verified and supported. And in the case of God, a proven track record of faithfulness in fulfilling his word. Trust in God based on knowledge rooted in evidence. With that as a basis, there are a few more points that we can add that help us develop faith over fear. First, know the truth and believe it. Emphasize and underline and. Simply knowing about something, even something that is true, will not be fruitful until we believe it. That is, we have reason to believe, so we act. In this case, we trust in God. Kevin DeYoung gives us a reason why we should trust God. He says, with the spirit to strengthen us, the son to sympathize with our weakness, and the father to care for us in all things, we have no cause for despair. So know the truth and believe it. Secondly, the strength to endure. Knowing and believing is not a once and done proposition. In Hebrews 12.3, it says we are to consider him who endured such opposition for sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus' persistence in testifying to the truth is our example and motivation for developing the strength to endure and not grow weary in practicing faith in the face of fear. Meg Butcher says, We must persistently train ourselves to know and live God's truth. It allows us to swap fear for peace, just as a runner pushes through impossible amounts of pain to go the full distance. So know the truth and believe it. Develop that strength to endure. And lastly, do little flame fanning. Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, not only reminds us of God's gift to us regarding fear, but also how to cause it to spread. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, he tells Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan into a flame the gift of God. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You'll find that in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let your ever-increasing faith in God demonstrate to those around you the spirit of power, love, and self-control. Robert Hampshire again says this, Let us be people who don't shrink back and are destroyed, but let us be those who have faith and preserve our souls. He's referring to Hebrews 10.39. A part of becoming wise means we are less likely to be fooled, at least not easily. Once we accept the fact that facing things that scare us is inevitable, we must resolve to remain persistent in placing our trust in God. In doing so, we will continually feed our minds the truth about the one whom we can always trust in the face of whatever we might fear, so that we may convert retreat into advance. Be sure to spread the wisdom around. It is wise to share. Tell a friend about the podcast or send them over to wisdominallthings.com. Thanks for listening.